Hello, and welcome to the e-commerce source podcast. My name is Andy Solhoff, and I'm here with my friend and business partner, Tim McDougal. Tim, how are you today? I'm doing good. My head's swimming. I'm trying to absorb all the new things Amazon's announced in the last Ooh. week or so. So that is a that's we're right, jumping right into it today. Amazon yep. Accelerate, the topic of today's podcast, and as with any of these types of things, whether it's Shopify, Facebook, Amazon, whatever, there's always a ton of stuff to dig through and sort of understand. What does this mean? How is it important? So that's what we're doing today. And I, and I feel somewhat embarrassed in a way because I had, like many people in the online sales community, had Amazon Accelerate, the virtual event, marked on my calendar, tried to reserve it, and then shit happens. Uh, yep. all, kinds of, all kinds of business things uh, happened for us that were emergencies and fires, and I didn't get to watch almost any of it live. Um, so I've been catching up by everybody's recaps and by, cause, and some of them are available on delay. So I've been watching some on delay, um, uh, as on demand. Right. But it's, you know, so I, this is not firsthand of us attending even the virtual event, but this is all the things that were announced there are super important for us and what we do. So we've been coming through well, everything I- that was announced trying to figure out what the most important things are is just team education and things we can do for our clients and for ourselves and trying to summarize what we think are the top things, or at least the things that we're talking about the most out of, and thank you everybody on LinkedIn who said, here's all my summary of all the, you know, we come through a lot of those. We come through things by some of the econ websites and then watched some of it ourselves. So yeah, I would make a case that it's, it's the most efficient use of our time. To, yes, I would uh, say so too. I, to, I would to love to, I would love to say I could spend two full days just listening to people talk um, and presentations. That would actually be a nice, enjoyable, <laughs> relaxing take, time. Because it's weird like that. That's how, how nerdy we are. Tim would but, like take a vacation yeah. day, go to the beach and just sit there yeah, with his laptop to and listen to on-demand uh, Amazon Accelerate, which I, which I, which is sad to say is actually, um, Andy said it's a joke. But it's actually probably <laughs> That's true. Probably true. Um, so, but we've burned through as much because it's important stuff for us, and hopefully for you listening uh, out here as well. So, well, and shout out to Parker on our team. I know Parker was able to attend some of these sessions, uh, oh, you know, yeah. and, and give us some some and Rachel good and Sunny. So, this is a team effort yeah. of contributing to all the different things that happen. So, let's we put them in a couple buckets, right? And we're going to try and blaze through them quickly so we don't have a three-hour podcast for everybody to listen through this because you could have just gone to Amazon. Uh, you could have just gone to the event if you can listen to a three-hour podcast. So we'll try and summarize this uh, in a 30-plus minute time frame here. But the we have a couple buckets. One is shipping and logistics. Let me just go through what they are. And one is there's a whole AI and AR uh, set of things that happened. There's uh, Amazon Emerald, which is its own kind of thing, which we'll talk about. There are some new customer metrics and dashboards that we thought were important. And uh, there are a few things on the mobile app that we thought were really important. So we're going to get through at least those buckets. And then if we have time, we'll, we'll grab bag a few of the other things that got announced as well, because there was a lot out there. Sounds good. That work. Let's start with, you know, I always think shipping and logistics are sexy topics, Andy. <laughs> so uh, I'm very fond of saying that. But there was a couple of things on that front that were worth noting here. Um, now, one is... Um, and and I also noted I need to turn off alerts on my computer right mm-hmm. now because I'm getting odd questions from my parents on what do certain symbols in chat and text mean, which you don't want to wander into that. I don't even want to provide answers for what those things mean. Back to the important stuff here, shipping and logistics. The first one to talk about is is um, Vico, which I think I'm pronouncing correctly. I've only ever seen it in writing, but V-E-E-Q-O, which is the company that 
it's a it's an official Amazon company. They bought it uh, a while back, uh, over a year ago, and it's their official shipping software, right? So if you use ShipStation or anything else, Vico is a competitor for that. And uh, you know, advantages have always been you know, and they relaunched it last year at this event. Uh, and now they're making some improvements, but the advantage was always that it integrates really tightly with Amazon. Um, and the downside, some people said of, Hey, it, you know, it advertises best rates in the business, but I'm actually getting better rates if I negotiate on my own with FedEx or UPS or even sometimes on ShipStation. And what they announced is they've negotiated lower rates with every carrier. And they're also doing a 5% back offer with Vico credits. And they're now uh, making a stronger case that they are the most affordable shipping software with the lowest rates. And also it's free, um, which ShipStation and others are not. So um, what's your take on that, Annie? Because that was, that was interesting because I had listened to it, blown it off before. We have other shipping solutions we use. I, to be honest, now I'm on the, I need to really dig in and look at that because that it feels like now it may be a smarter solution for some of the things that where we need to hand, have a shipping solution in place. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things here is that, you know, first and foremost is that Amazon knows that they have probably the the best 3PL shipping infrastructure in the country. Like it's tough. But for this me isn't to, the 3PL part, right? This is this is if you're shipping yourself. This is I what know. This is. I, I I get that, but I'm saying is like okay, they have the best shipping infrastructure of any company in the country. So as a 3PL they should be able to dominate the 3PL marketplace, but they just haven't necessarily been able to maybe maybe yeah, you're do jumping that. ahead on this, but yeah. Um, but so so I think that this is this is Amazon's attempt into utilizing that infrastructure mm-hmm. that they have, uh, as well as getting their claws deeper outside of the Amazon ecosystem into people that may not be Amazon customers. So they're so kind let's, of they're, let's round this out because out. We're, we're referring to something we haven't mentioned yet and we should mention them to make this a little bit easier to follow. But one is so there's Vico, which is if you're shipping yourself, Vico is now, you know, an alternative to ShipStation or things which Amazon is saying now has the the best rates. They've said that before though, so we have to be careful. They said they had the best rates and then when you dig in they actually didn't always. Now they're saying they've gotten better rates and now they're the best. So for us that's legit to look at. Combined with that, yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. So combined with that, what they have done is also they've offered up uh, Amazon as a 3PL. So if you're not an FBA seller um, on Amazon, you can now use Amazon as your warehouse and distribution point, and you can use um, them as your 3PL. And if you're, and again, if you were an FBA seller, you already could because you could run your Shopify sales. If you have the same SKUs on Shopify and on Amazon, you could have Amazon fulfill your Shopify orders if you wanted to and, and pay. And there's a fee for that. And it wasn't always prime delivery. So to add one more wrinkle onto this, because they've added buy with prime, there's now the thought of you could have people and Shopify has now embraced it, right? You could buy on your Shopify site. People log in with prime and buy that way. You get to keep the customer data. Shopify owners, my understanding of this, but we have to verify that. And then it could be fulfilled by prime. So they get, you get prime fulfillment and you can also warehouse everything over at Amazon for it. And you can use Vico for the things that you're not going to fulfill by by Amazon. So interesting. See, I thought the Vico was like their introduction to be able to. This was the software that basically was hooked into that. Yeah, the Amazon that, fulfillment. It's not actually. It's, it's, it's actually it's, only with other uh, other yeah. shippers. Mm-hmm. Other shippers, or I believe if you're fulfilling FBM like we do, well, you already use the Amazon backend for FBM. So there's no need yes. for a Vico type solution. 
But Vico is if you're using a ship station or ship all the other different ship yes. stations. The ship station is the biggest, yes. so I'm mentioning them. Um, or pirate ship or any of the ones like there, right? Um, that this replaces that. Stamps.com, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, I I when I I've seen this, I I I don't know why, but I I in my head, I thought the Vico was was not as much for access to the the, the third party as it was to just basically be able to use the Amazon yeah. Amazon ecosystem. So I I mean I was I read this. Yeah. So it's powered by some of the same stuff behind the scenes that power yeah. if you're fulfilling an FBM solution through Amazon and buying your shipping label through Amazon, which we do a lot of times for FBM orders uh, fulfilled by manufacturer orders. Um, it uses a lot of the same back end. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting yeah. It's an interesting thought well, because and why they're saying it's free because they don't charge, right? Every, right. you know, ship station power ship all have like some fees you have to pay to join. Um why they're saying they have a whole page on why we don't charge a subscription on this. And we don't because they want to amass as many shipments as possible because if they do, they can get even lower rates is what they're saying. Yeah. And because it already merges with the rates they do as Amazon, the marketplace, yes. yeah, it's already part of that negotiating pool. What they're saying is that helps lower our, our, that helps increase our overall negotiating power. It'll drop rates, not just for people using Vico, but for people using Amazon fulfillment. Yeah. And Amazon's going to make its money that way, either by, hey, it's better to sell on Amazon because their fulfillment costs have gotten so low, or there's a little bit of VIG between what it actually costs yeah. Amazon and what they're charging yep. in fulfillment. So, well, and then the, the data points on it are right. So, so Amazon has already has the, the mass uh, market on, on mm-hmm. individual package deliveries from their fulfillment centers. But going from an individual business to consumer, if they had that data, that's all data that they, they can feed into their their 3PL system to optimize yeah. their logistics. What I view anyway. this is, is Amazon is trying to say, hey, we want to own yes. the whole distribution chain, right? We're yes. going to keep on offering things. So this is them. If you're going to ship yourself, use Vico. If you want to fulfill through us and you're not even an FBA seller on Amazon, yes. we're going to open up our distribution centers as... 3PLs for you, basically. We're going to have a, yeah. you can join and treat us like a 3PL. We want to control all of your shipping. The other thing they've offered um, is supply chain by Amazon as part of this too, right? So supply chain by Amazon, and this is a big program and there's some skepticism over what how much news it is because it, it takes, it basically promises, hey, we'll do end-to-end. We'll take care of all your international shipping. We'll get it from the factory. We'll get it to the Amazon fulfillment centers. We'll take care of the customs. We'll take care of the whole thing all along the way. And what some people pointed out is like, well, Amazon already offered all these services. They were just under different roofs. And now they're just putting them all under one roof and calling it supply chain by Amazon. So it's really just a bunch of corporate babble about this being something new. It's not new. It's something they already had. They're just trying to package it better, which Mm -hmm. I think is probably pretty accurate. Um, But in the terms of, hey, is Amazon trying to become the dominant player in all of fulfillment and shipping? All three of these make it to um, where it's it's really tempting to just say we're just going to have all our fulfillment exist within the Amazon universe on that. Yeah, it's simple and it connects, right? Yeah. So, what remains to be seen is what are the catches? Like, does Amazon let you keep the customer data? That was before why you didn't want Amazon doing coming into your Shopify site is they would try and keep the customer data, um, or you'd be worried that they were going to take your customer data and create knockoff products. Um, that were similar based on, but you know, I don't. I think that's more conspiracy theory on some ends than anything else, especially since they're getting out of private label. But um, 
yeah, to me, it's really tempting for us to look at for a lot of the stores we run to say, hey, should we be looking at, for stores that have to fulfill from the manufacturer, should we be looking at Vico as a better solution Yeah, for, than what we have? Should we be looking at, um, and for all our sites right now, with the whole uh, Prime and Shopify being, or Amazon and Shopify being enemies and now all of a sudden being friends, um, should we be turning buy with Prime and ship by Prime on to all of our stores as yeah. well for the ones that we also, you know, we have, especially for businesses that are Amazon dominant. And so we'll take example, like grown ass man company is Amazon dominant. We sell 90% of our sales are Amazon, but we also have a Shopify site. It's real tempting to say, Hey, let's take out some of the operational difficulties on the Shopify site and just have all the fulfillment happen by Amazon. Now, if that's easy and if Amazon, yeah. two caveats, lets us keep the customer data for people who come in through the site and and the rates they're offering on that fulfilled by Amazon are yeah. affordable because it'd be much simpler for us to say, okay, we got the order. We're just going to sync up to Amazon and have them take care of the fulfillment rather than yep. rather than what I do every day is a daily check. Did we have you know which FBA which FBA you know which orders came in through Shopify and which things came in FBA and which things do we need to fulfill ourselves? Yep, it'd be it would simplify things, right? And it would. And if customers looked at it and said, I can get it shipped by prompt, I can get it in two days, our conversion rates are going to go up, which means every ad dollar we spend on that site gonna be more efficient. is going to be more efficient and get yeah. more dollars back for us. So um, just on an on a ease of operation plus a return on spend, it becomes pretty interesting to look at all that stuff and how that whole... It, and it, what the, the downside is what? I don't want to succumb more to the Amazon universe and have Amazon... Yeah. control my fate more, which is a real concern. Yep. The upside is uh, it simplifies operations. It saves me some money on operations and it makes probably makes conversions go up. Yep. Kind of tempting. Yeah. On that. The thing I'm interested on this is, and I hadn't haven't really thought about it a ton, but I, I've become more aware of it in recent months is sort of international shipping in international markets and not having a ton of experience that, you know, a lot of our clients are pretty well US based and we don't we're not shipping into oh, Europe. But I've and, had to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to have, have my, the big international shipping clients are ones I tend to yep. be focused on. Yeah. But it's like, okay, now I know for a fact Shopify has uh, an international um, service they, they offer. I'm blanking on the name of it. But uh, so they've got an international service that basically opens up sales to international marketplaces and Shopify will handle all the import yeah. duties, taxes, and things like that. So you're saying is like that, that Shopify and Amazon have both started to invest dollars into this. It's a, you know an opportunity to let people who are predominantly selling in yeah. the U.S. to explore international and, and expansion. From a, from a business standpoint, if you're you know fulfillment is a pain point for a lot of sellers, and if you're buy, getting products internationally, that's been a pain point the last couple of years. I mean, a couple of years ago we had ship again where you couldn't get a you, you know two years right. ago. You couldn't get shipments overseas. We had some businesses we worked with that went out of business because they just couldn't get product anymore. Um, so that's a real pain point for some sellers and, and ones that stayed in business but lost all their profits that year because they had to pay, instead of $3,000 for a container, they were paying $27,000 for a container and those kind of things. Those are very real. That is a direct, those are direct quotes that we were getting. That's not a like exaggeration. It went from like three to $27,000 on a container from China to LA. Um, those are big pain points and having somebody else take care of that. There's some attraction to that. There's also pain points on just managing, uh, fulfillment domestically. And right now, to be honest, last year, the big pain point on this was, uh, freight trucks 
Mm-hmm. So getting stuff from your warehouse to Amazon was the big pain point last year, which is again starting to be a pain point right now. We're already seeing uh, freight carriers delay pickups, and so there's some worry that that's going to repeat again this year. But again, having getting back to the point on this of Amazon and Shopify both looking at ways to take those pain points away from sellers because if they take those pain points away, everybody sells more and everybody can focus on ad spend and moving more product. Yep, everybody wins. So that's, yep. to me, it was an interesting overall theme of, and again, the big things here are Vico, which is Amazon's uh, shipping software company. They're trying to improve that to make that more competitive. Connected to third-party shippers. Yes, yeah, so third-party shippers can use Amazon as their 3PL. Yep. Um, the, and the marriage with Shopify now, on the, now the, the love fest between Shopify and Amazon on Buy With Prime being put onto Shopify, where before Shopify was literally telling you it might be against terms of service, they might shut down your store. Now Shopify is saying, Oh, it's a great idea. Please, please install it on your site. Best um, buds. Best buds ever. The whole corporate drama around that is just, um, has been fascinating to watch because that was Shopify bought to the 30 second recap. Shopify bought Deliver a couple years ago. Deliver was a over $2 billion purchase. It was not a, Deliver was a unicorn. That was a startup unicorn in shipping and logistics. Shopify bought them. They were, they said they were going to compete with Amazon. A lot of saber rattling. And then earlier this year, Shopify said, eh, it's, that's going to be kind of hard. We're not going to do that. We're, we changed our mind. They sold Deliver uh, for pennies on the dollar to Flexport and said, we're going to let Flexport build this out, and then we're still going to compete with Amazon. Flexport bought this. Flexport bought in a, an executive from Amazon who wanted to go compete with his former company. And then Shopify said, after all, we're just going to be friends with Amazon instead. And so... Uh, the new uh, CEO of Flexport who was brought in has been ceremoniously, non-ceremoniously dumped. The old founder came back out of retirement to run the business. Flexport is tanking right now and in a lot of... Just who's, who's their client? Who all are they kinds sell of to? not good news reports coming out of there. And capped off this week by the former Amazon exec who became the Flexport CEO on his resume that he lists taking off Flexport as a job experience and putting it down as an educational experience and moving it there, which is Ooh, just like hurts. That's like just such a, uh, a big, uh, corporate petty level of shade that it, it just, it, it made me laugh, but we should move off of that. Cause that's, yep. That's the big one. The kind of the, the first thing I think the next group of kinds that we're talking about is, uh, I don't know if you heard this thing called generative AI, Tim, who's just, you yeah, yeah, sure this? Have we talked about this thing? before? That's yeah. a thing. Yeah, it's, it's called artificial intelligence. So we're, yeah. we're, we should have a sound drop for this of our yes, obligatory mention should. of AI on every show here. A couple of things, we're putting AI and AR together in kind of a bucket here uh, on things, but three things um, to hit on, and we've hit on some of them prior, so we don't need to go deep on any of them, but uh, generative AI for listings and content, which we talked about in the last couple of shows, right? That's new. That got launched. We've used it. What the news for me though, was that it's not just copy and bullets, which we've been using it for and kind of testing it out. And it's, and our take is it gives you a good starter version of copy. You still need to go in there and then edit and revise and, and optimize it yourself. But it gives you a starter set, right? Which is, which is valuable. The thing I didn't know that I saw demonstrated on this, that kind of blew me away watching some of the videos was watching somebody take their Shopify catalog for apparel. It was an apparel thing with, it was a t-shirt, lots of sizes and colors, right? Fed those listings into the new tools and the new tools then broke out all the variation and parent sets, broke out the colors, broke out the sizes, 
did them all, like knew how to look at these Shopify listings and sort them all out. And if you've done listings on Amazon, creating variation sets is a pain in the butt sometimes. The AI sorted it all and made it all work, which that, that to me is even more important than the copy part of it at this point, because that's an immense, and did it without errors and did it where it wasn't an error in the Amazon system. It didn't get rejected. That was an eye-opener for me of watching the demo of their AI taking a set of Shopify, taking a big set, and then breaking everything in the right parent-child variations and setting it up in Amazon in the correct variations. So, um, Which is a topic of conversation around the the correct parent-child variation structure. That that is definitely something that's... uh, and we have conversations around how to strategically best yes. create your parent-child A's and groups. Well, I'd say of the groups of, because we're constantly working support cases with Amazon trying to get things fixed and better. And I'd say the biggest category of cases that we're usually working on is usually around, hey, this is what we think the parent-child variation set should be. And Amazon pushes back. And so we, we have a lot of things going on there. But to have the AI set that up initially and get that all rolling and set, that's an immense time saving. Um, and do it correctly the first time. Yep. So that was interesting. The other two things on there, um, that these aren't straight AI, but they're kind of get put in the same bucket a lot of times, is is Amazon's had a feature called View and Room for Furniture, which you could say, okay, mm-hmm. hey, I like this couch. Show me how it would look in my living room. And there's instructions to go take a picture of your living room, stand at this angle, then it pl- places the couch in there for you, right? Um, it's a fun tool to play with if you go in there. They've expanded that to show on tabletop. And so now you can say, I'm looking at buying this dinette set, right? These place settings, how would it look on my dining room table? Uh, I want to buy this blender. How would it look on my counter, right? This is uh, slightly better than banana for scale. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're familiar <laughs> that reference. It's like, no, we can actually bring it and place it in your house. Uh, so we can, yes. we can see how that works. I, I, you know, I've used the uh, plays or view in room feature you know, a few times. Did you buy anything with it? No, I don't think I okay. did. I think it was a laundry basket or so. I can't remember, but um, so I've used that for a laundry basket. That's a that's or a, a laundry. That's hamper. a gross overuse of technology to make yeah, a decision for sure. But it was <laughs> like, hey, I'm thinking about buying this thing. I, I it, whatever. But anyway, but to, this fits really well in with with their the next item, which is the Fit Insight, which is the uh, AI advancement where uh, you can figure out where the you know how different apparel items fit so where yeah and it's not that's not a fit on your that's not a, like a show on your body but that's a is the is the size they're describing really the size that fits you correct and it's using uh, and that's this is an ai one not just an ar one right but this is trying to help apparel and like shoe companies which have huge return rates like return rates are devastating sometimes like 30 percent, 30 40 percent return rates in apparel sometimes and that just kills you profitably, your profitability if you're trying to sell in that category sometimes. Anything Amazon can do to reduce the return rate by helping people figure out the correct size in advance correct. is really valuable to that space. And that's, and, that's yeah. how I group the, the uh, view on tabletop feature is, is really Amazon's going to find ways to reduce those inefficiencies yeah. in their system and, and reduce returns as much as and possible. I think, so I think view on tabletop is more than just reduce returns, which I think it contributes to, but it's also a, it also increases conversion rates. If I can look at it and see it, because we know like adding lifestyle photos to your product listing increases the conversion rate because people can now visualize owning it. 
you know, show somebody like them holding the product and that increases conversion rate because now I can see myself with that. And once you see yourself with that product in your mind, mm-hmm. your chance to buy goes way up. And so seeing, you know, I'm looking at toasters. Now I've seen them all on my, I've now visualized them all sitting on my counter. I'm more likely to make a decision that day and buy something. And so, yeah, increase yeah. the customer confidence in the, in the purchase, increase the conversion rate, reduce returns. I think both of these things are, you know, the, it's just Amazon extending their lead against other, you know, sales platforms yeah, essentially and, too. And it's inter- these are practical uses of AI that are, you know, something happens behind the scene of trying to suggest what a customer's real size is based on other things they purchased or whatever else. Or, hey, this one, you list this as a large and it has a high return rate. So maybe, you know, what you guys have built as a large is not really a large in what customers think. So maybe you should look at altering your size a little bit. Like that kind of use of AI is practical. And, you know, I don't know if it's a total, I don't know if it takes somebody from a 40% return rate to zero. It doesn't it probably, but if we reduce them to four from 40 to 30, mm-hmm. okay, great. And, and the proof will be how well does it actually impact things like return rates, but a good practical use of AI. That's not just a bunch of showy, um, Hey, we're able to create a picture of a porcupine with flowers on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, and curbing off of what, um, <laughs> What uh, ChatGPT just released for Dally 3 yesterday was a porcupine with flowers on its head, which is actually a really cool thing that they did with that, their demo, but um, not practical, just kind of cool. This is very practical and, again, non, non-sexy stuff. And we're going to have sizey information on the back end that may lower your return rate, but very valuable. We Actionable. Think. Yep. Um, yep. Good. So um, let's uh, jump to... Amazon Emerald, which yep. there was a lot of confusion about this when it was for like, what the heck is it? Like the, their explanation was not very helpful. And then they did a demo later that made it make more sense. But Amazon Emerald is basically, um, it's going to, it's a program that allows third-party apps to give information right inside the Amazon seller portal. So if you're working inside of Amazon seller, you don't have to then go out to find a helium 10 insight. You can get it within there or, or insights on, um, if you have an app, a third-party app that then goes through the Amazon AI looks or goes through the Amazon API and then pulls out, here's things that we think you might be running low on stock on or might have low weeks on, you have to do those in two separate screens right now. What, what Amazon Emerald's going to allow you to do is have all that information right inside of Amazon, which is a quality of life improvement Yeah, mainly. I mean, you could, it's not promising it's going to do anything you can't already do. Right, but there's alerts that would pop up within the Amazon platform, and there's integrations inside the Amazon. Right. Well, and I think all along, like I like I contrast this with the app, the Amazon app ecosystem with the Shopify app ecosystem. Right. So Shopify was just very embracing of app developers all from the yes. beginning. Amazon much less so, and that's been you know a pain point. There's things that third party apps do really well within the Amazon ecosystem, but it's just a pain in the butt. Yeah. And it's just, there's not a real easy way to use it as a seller. Um, so yeah. opening this up seems like a, a really, yes. a, a big, big step in the right direction. Yeah. And my verdict here was, um, this is potentially a very big deal. We need to see the apps in action. There's also going to be an internal app store, which shows all the apps that are Amazon Emerald apps. So you can mm-hmm. sign up for them and get them right in the store. Um, and we'll, we'll, I think what, what might become a problem for us is we have a lot of partners we work with who become app crazy. Yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden we, we wake up and we go into the account and realize they've downloaded and installed 13 different apps, a lot of which overlap and everything. So we might have to manage that a little bit more. But um, 
I think this is potentially a big deal, but I want to see the apps in action and see how good is the integration or is this just, yeah, it's nice to say it's integrated, but it's not helping me yeah. do things better or faster. Yep. Well, and the interesting thing here is that what we've seen from Shopify, right, is because they've had such a robust app developer ecosystem and those app developers were able to make money uh, from the Shopify platform that Shopify has been able to iterate probably much more rapidly than they would have without that app store ecosystem, right? Because so yeah. many of these apps that were in Shopify were, were turning into Shopify features. It was features. Our prim- one of our primary reasons for recommending Shopify over the other, over the other platforms yep. has always been the robust uh, system of app support that you can do, that you can tailor to what you so, want. So, so Amazon's, to me, Amazon's seeing that level of rapid development, the, the, the ecosystem yeah. and the contribution of that. It's a good point. And saying, I mean, okay, hey, we can we yeah. can maybe, we can, you know, we're going to be late to the game on this. Maybe but... our platform gets even better if we let a lot of people jump in on it. Um, so yep. we'll see on that one. Um, moving through this, there was, there was, there was, um, <laughs> there was a trio of new customer metrics and dashboards that they launched and are talking about. Um, one is a customer loyalty analytics dashboard, and they had a lot of fancy talk around that, but that's supposed to help give you some insight on you know, who are your most loyal customers? How do you try and retain them? What do you do for them? It works with the brand tailored promotions is what we've been told. It's not live yet. Or if it's live, we haven't seen it live yet. Um, and with all these, I guess my, and we'll go through three of them and now we'll kind of say our verdict on it. But my, I'm hopeful this is good information. I am also skeptical. I love that Amazon's been on the, the last year and a half to two years, been releasing more customer data for us to access. Sometimes that customer data isn't that useful because you look at it and you go, I don't know what this number means and I don't know where they're getting it from. And so I don't know how good this information is going to be. I like that they're trying. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, well, if Am- I, I Amazon, wouldn't want to tell anybody it's a win yet until we kind of see it and see if it's useful. So. Yeah. And if Amazon doesn't allow, if their system doesn't even really allow you to change your listing, change your business, change your behavior to take advantage of that information, then what difference does it make? And I think it probably will. I mean, well, I don't it, know. I don't know I'm, what it... If they just give you a number and say, hey, you, if all it is is, hey, 15% of your customers are loyalty level nine. Yeah. I, I don't or, know what to do with or, that, right? Or and, 20% and, of your customers uh, have abandoned the cart. Okay. Uh, what do I do? You don't let me do things. I can't do anything about cart, it anyway. Right? So, so yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, we'll see how that all comes together. Hopeful, but skeptical on that. Uh, customer sentiment insight is another interesting one. And what that is basically is if you're too busy to read all the reviews, what this does is summarize what people are saying in the reviews so you can get it in a capsule. So here's the here's what the most positive things are saying about your product are, and here's what the negatives are, and it's using AI to summarize those up. This is very what very linked to what they're going to be doing on the listings, which is having AI summarize the pros and cons of listings for potential buyers. But they also have something on they also are building something on the back end where a seller can look at it in a little more analytical way, is what they've said on it. Um, and again, this is, um, you know, it's, I think they should be doing this. It's, you know, it's hard to say this is a bad thing to do, but my, my bet is that any seller who doesn't read their reviews right now is probably not going to dig through the back end of the Amazon seller platform and figure out where this summary is. If they're not reading them right now, I don't think they're going to use this tool, right? Yeah. Um, the sellers that are using, are, are reading reviews right now, I think they're going to look at this tool and say, nice summary, but I need to dig into the individual reviews. So yeah. For I don't know if it's really going to change much seller behavior. Nice to have, glad they're doing it, but I don't know if it. I don't see a circumstance where it really changes somebody's behavior. Either they care about reviews, 
and they follow them all the time or they don't and they don't and they're not going to use this as my bet. Yeah. Well, and how does this impact my sales, right? Like so if I if I'm yeah. reading into the reviews and I'm saying, "Oh, well, you know, you know, X number of people have said this, right?" Well, if I can is it worth it for me to retool my product or do the do the thing? And, and we've done things like this. Like like the co- common question like I don't know if this is pet safe would be a common like and so oh great I need to clarify that on the listing or on the package I can take action on things like that right mm-hmm. but if I'm the kind of person saying I'm going to listen to this customer feedback I'm already getting that from reviews yeah this new tool doesn't get me there because I'm already aware of that you know Parker on our team is great about being a fanatic about reading reviews and getting insights and saying hey wait I'm seeing this multiple times this is something we should address mm-hmm. um, and this tool's he's going to do that this tool or not yeah. If the, if the tool exists or doesn't, he's still going to be doing that. So, yep. uh, and it, and if he wasn't into that or listening to customers, the tool's not going to make him do it. Yeah. So I don't know how much difference it makes. Let's look at the other one here that I'm not sure how much difference it makes, but it's, it's a nice, it's a nice chart. Uh, the voice of the customer dashboard, and this is found, this is live now. This did go live. And if you go to your Amazon seller window and you go to performance and voice of the customers, you can see it. And what it does, and and they've had a version of this before. This is an enhanced version of what they said. Um, what it does it's list it it shows all of your listings, all of your offers, and then shows whether the you know the voice of the customer is excellent about that listing or whether there's an issue. And I'll give you an example for ours for one of our uh, accounts that has 88 different listings on there. 84 were excellent, so there's no action. You look through 84, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, one had a negative customer experience because didn't like the product. Didn't think it worked well. And so, okay, we'll take that into account. There's a lot of positive views of we love the product, so not sure what we do with that, right? Um, but we did get one negative one recently. Uh, two had a negative view because the wrong product was delivered. And again, we're not sure what to do that. All the products should have shipped incorrectly. Is this uh, Amazon picked the wrong product off the shelf, which has happened? Or did we or our partner make a mistake on what to send in? There's not a great follow-up system to see where the error was, right? So there's... Yeah. And this... There's hundreds of transactions on this account. So there's two in the last month that somebody said they got the wrong product. Or did the customer think they ordered something else? That's happened too. Um, we're not sure what the real issue was. And then one was because Amazon delivered the product damaged, which is not something we can affect either. Yep. So going through it, like the first iteration of this improved dashboard, it's nice to look at. Um, and I went through it all, but there wasn't any actions i could take unfortunately yeah um so i don't so the you know verdict is another great for trying amazon like see the advances i'm not sure how useful it really is so yeah. i'm not gonna tell everybody it's the greatest thing ever yeah and how much does it even knowing it whatever how much does it impact my sales yeah <laughs> if i'm taking time to look at it does it allow me to do things that actually impact or improve sales and i'm not i don't think yeah. at least and this may be an account that everything is pretty good so there wasn't you know we may look at some other accounts and go holy crap there's a lot of problems with certain things we do need to take action but at least the first account that we were able to go through it live on there really wasn't much for us to do yeah. um, and maybe that's just because that brand is really well managed and awesome and there's not many issues but um my concern is are we going to see are we going to see things that are actionable as we go through that Last thing we'll cover here, so we don't run overly, overly long, and we're not going to hit everything that was covered in Amazon Accelerate, um, but last thing we want to hit is uh, if you use the mobile app, and if you're a seller, you should download the mobile app for seller to your phone so you can check in on things once in a while. It's actually really helpful when you're not at your computer at your desk. Um, 
and you can do tons of things like, you know, you can manage orders and you can get, you know, you can solve problems that might come up or you can just check where sales are or ad spend is. But they now allow you to, um, the mobile advertising console, there's a mobile advertising console. So now through the seller app, you can manage your advertising now. Um, I don't know how deep you can get. We haven't used it yet because it's an awful lot of interface to handle on a cell phone. But the fact that it's there and you could do some basic things of like turn some campaigns on, I could turn some campaigns off, I could raise some budgets. I could do some basic things on the fly if I, you know, see things are moving off. Or holy crap, it's Prime Day and I forgot to raise my ad budgets. I can sit there on my app and do it real quick. So there's that's a good quality of life thing. There's no complaints about it other than you know we'll use it some and it's a good quality of life thing. You can also manage coupons there now too, which is also again, a quality of life thing for a lot of sellers of the more you can do through that app and the more you're out getting other things done. If you have a factory floor or a fulfillment floor you're trying to manage, great. I can get those things done on the fly. Um, I can sneak those in on a commercial break on Monday Night Football if I need to. (laughs) All good stuff, right? Um, And I don't have much more to say other than those are good quality of life improvements and I like that they're back on the app trying to make that app better. It has gotten better over years and more useful. Anything else on this list, this grab bag list that we want to throw in there, Andy? Do you have one uh, one from the grab bag of other topics that you want to at least? Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm going with shoppable A plus content. Uh, so a feature will be launched soon where your A plus content goes from more from pretty pictures and and uh, sort of organic content mm-hmm. to actually being a a resource that can help you cross sell, upsell uh, on your listing. So. Basically, you'll show retail prices, review rating summaries, and add to cart buttons in your A plus content, which is a nice, yeah, nice little upgrade there. I mean, there's a there's already a ton of places where you can there's other products listings on your each on your listing page, but being able to control that with some shoppable A plus content is, yeah. I think, could be a nice little feature. And I'll I'll mention one I think is an improvement, and one I need to check out to to that I hope is an improvement, but I don't know. One is. The seller profile page. So if you're a seller, some sellers never go to their profile page and never look at it, but it's valuable. And one of the first things we often do with new accounts is get people to is concentrate on getting people to leave a review on the seller page even more than the product pages at first, um, because having some kind of a, a good seller rating really does help everything on your catalog. And the seller page right now is very limited in what it shows. Um, they're revamping that so you can show a lot more about your business. You can talk more about your business overall. You can highlight certain things. You can tell your story more. That's all welcome. Um, Cause I do when I'm shopping on there, I will go look at the seller a lot of times and see if, you know, do they have a good rating on things? What do people say about them as a seller? Especially if it's not, if I'm not buying direct from the actual manufacturer, if it's a third right. party reseller, I will go look at that. Do they have a history of not delivering right away? Do they have a history of delivering things that are user damaged when they say they're new? Having that be a more built out page is, only a plus because um, I think on a certain level that page is important. The other thing I wanted to say that I'm going to look at, but I don't know if it's any better or if this is just more Amazon saying, hey, please remember we have this thing. Um, we manage a lot of sustainability products um, and we have, we have a lot of them in our portfolio. We just, and that's because we've done well selling some of them and they, they recommend us to others and it's a tight community. Um, and Amazon offers a lot of sustainability badges and things like that you can put on your account and a lot of ways you can prove better sustainability that a lot of groups that a lot of customers that want more sustainable products will go look for those badges. They're oftentimes though, and Amazon's talked about all the things they offer, but they're hard to get. And it's like 
it's a lot of hassle. You, you may have a brand that qualifies for them, but the hoops you have to jump through are long to mm-hmm. get the qualifications to show. They've said they've improved the hub on that and improved how easy it is to prove that you qualify if you really do. And if they've done that, and this is, they're just saying they're doing that. So it's, it sounds like big talk until it proves it, but they are relaunching that. And that's supposed to be a much better solution. And for some people that doesn't matter at all because their products have nothing to do with sustainability. That's great. Um, but for the ones that we manage that do, and I happen to care about those issues too, I want that page to be better because I want to be able to be more active with the brands where that's a major selling point. Yep. Um, and if Amazon can make that easier, we'd be more active on that. And I'm hoping they made that well, easier seems, to work with. Yeah, it seems like a, a in response to the growing trend. I know you're not alone on that, Tim. You know, we've seen yeah. some of these uh, sales grow and uh, for these companies for the reasons that people care more about what goes into the products yes. that they're using and they're putting on their body, they're consuming all that kind and of I stuff. And I care so. personally and I also um, get lectured by my kids like every time we go in the car now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you drive the Prius. You old people just killing the planet. It's like I'm driving a Prius and doing the best I can. I haven't. My car is 18 years old, man. I haven't like. Older than I'm not throwing stuff in the landfill. I'm trying to, but yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. It'll it'll save me some save me some trouble at home too. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, lots of good stuff uh, from Amazon Accelerate. Hopefully, this has been helpful for you uh, to kind of filter through these. Some get kind of our perspective on what the impactful ones. If we missed any. Give us a oh, shout we missed out. A lot. There was a ton. There was two days of announcements out yeah. there. So Let we tried to cover the highlights. Which ones are the more what we should have covered or which ones are on your radar? We'd love to hear from you. So thank you, Tim, uh, as always, for your insights. And thank you to you, the listener. We appreciate you so much. And we will catch you again next time. Mm-hmm.